How we feeling today? Go church, you feel good today? Come on, he's just as risen today as he was last week. And so we are fired up to see everyone here. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and welcome everyone that's tuning in online. And then our other campuses, we've got a campus on the west side of Atlanta. And that is a beautiful campus. We love each of you over on the west side. And then everyone watching at our Montgomery County campus, we are all here at South Metro. We're fired up about what God is doing in that building. Now it's time to fill it up with people that are hungry for the Lord. And so we're proud of you guys over there in Montgomery County. And so go church family at South Metro. Can we welcome all of our other campuses watching right now? Genuinely so excited to be a part of a growing church, all of our campuses, growing churches. I'm really grateful for that. And then we always, every single Sunday, we pause and it's more than a tradition. We really sincerely mean it here. We like to pause to give honor to all of those who serve as first responders and that serve in our military because we are able to have the comfort and safety and freedom because you are willing to give up your comfort, your safety, and at times even your life to protect those things. And so we always wanna honor you today. So wherever you're at, if you're watching online or if you're in this room, this is our way of saying thank you to you from the bottom of our heart. Can we just thank all of those who have served in that selfless capacity? Grateful for you. Well, uh, today I'll ask for prayer and I'm gonna lead us in prayer in just a moment and then I'll introduce our, our guest speaker today. Uh, but Pastor JC is very disappointed that he wasn't able to preach this morning. This morning he actually had to go up to urgent care because he is really sick. I think it's come down with a flu or something and he is just not feeling great. And so, uh, and you know, listen, this is not a guy, it's not easy to get him off this stage, okay? So I want you to know he, he really is battling it right now. And so before I introduce our speaker and our new series that we're starting, can you join me in prayer for our pastor and pray for his strength and renewal here? God, we thank you for Pastor JC and for Kimberly and uh, just the way that they lead our staff, the way that they lead all of our campuses. Right now, wherever he is, if he's back in bed or if he's still at the doctor's office, I pray that his body would start to heal even at this moment, that the attack of the enemy on his body would fall short, God, because we know that there is a great work happening at all of our campuses, and I know the enemy would love to put a stop to it. So we call healing and freedom from this sickness right Right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray together. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, uh, we are so glad that you came today. We're actually starting a brand new series. You saw the bumper video a second ago. You thought we were about to watch Love is Blind, didn't you? No, we were not. We are going to binge the Bible. We are going to binge the Bible. So this is a series we're very excited to do because for all of us, we want to learn more about how to read the Word and how to apply it to our life. And I'm excited to start off this series today by introducing our speaker. Uh, you may have heard back on Vision Sunday that in the fall, we're going to be launching what we're calling the Go School of Ministry and theology. For those of you that want to learn even more about the Christian faith and maybe even pursue a career in full-time ministry, uh, this would be a great opportunity for you at all campuses really to, to tune in uh, digitally or in person. And uh, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about that in the fall when we launch. But that is a strategic partnership that we're doing with Lee University. And today we have one of the professors from Lee University that's actually going to be coming up here to share the word about how we can binge the Bible and get that started. So today we have Dr. 
Pastor Lamb from the School of Ministry and Theology at Lee University, and you are in for a treat. Man of God, brilliant man with a pastor's heart. And so Dr. Lamb, go ahead and come to the stage and go church. Can you welcome a friend of this house, Dr. Lamb? Amen, amen, amen. Well, good morning, noon, close, somewhere. Hey, go church, how y'all doing? So uh, stay with me, don't leave, don't leave. We'll do a little something in a minute, so it's gonna be fun. I always wanted to be one of those preachers that had a pianist behind me or an organist or whatever it is called, I don't know. But uh, you know, that happened for real one time and it threw me off and I didn't know what was going on. And so after a few minutes, I finally looked at, back at him and I said, Hey, you do what you do, I'm going to do what I do, and we'll let God do what he needs to do. And so uh, it saved me that day. I was thankful for that. But uh, hey, guys, um, do me a favor. I want you to uh, stand with me for just a minute, and we're going to um, we're gonna honor one more time. I, I mean, I cannot come to a house like this and not do this, but this team... Uh, let's also pray, man. Let's, I'm going to shoot for 3.30 this afternoon. You're going to have, your wife's going to have that baby. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I'm praying that when you get out of here, you go and that daddy thing comes on and it's going to be quick and it's going to be painless and it's going to be awesome. And so uh, we're, we're praying for that. But will you do me a favor, Go Church? Will you send an incredible appreciation to uh, Pastor J.C., Kimberly, and this entire Go Church team all across this campus? for what they do every week for you and their work and they're loving you and honoring you and lifting you up in their work. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to read a couple of passages of Scripture and just hang tight for a minute and listen to this word. Psalms. Now, you're not going to see things come across the screen. Um, intentional, really purposeful today because I want to talk to you about the beginning of the series of binging the Bible. Now, binging is one of those things that basically is defined by two words, excessive indulgence. I've indulged in plenty of things in my life. I've indulged excessively in plenty of things in my life. And when you do that, Whatever you is, whatever you is, whatever it was you brought in is going to begin to show up and how it comes out. Be careful what you bring in is what my mama said because it's going to come out. So I hope that today you're going to begin that process of binging the scripture, letting that become excessively indulgent in your life which means it's not second, it's first. It's not last, it's first. It's not one of, it is the one. Let's read Psalms 119, verse 11. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. First Corinthians, let's ground this in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I'll add an adult 
a woman, I put away childish things. Father, I pray in the next few minutes, you'll open this book for us. I am not capable to speak to the hearts of these people, but you are. And today you've chosen to let me be part of that. So I choose today to die behind this stand so that you can be seen. That's not a cliche prayer. That's a genuine desire of my heart. Lord, you are in this room. Don't leave us like we came. Lord, I pray today that you will deliver us from ourselves. Deliver us from ourselves and keep us from the evil one. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, there's an old song, Remain Standing. We used to sing this song when we were kids. Let's do it. Y'all sing with us. The B-I-B-L-E Yes, Come on. the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E My, uh, my friend, Dr. Ricky Moore from Lee University wrote another verse for that song. I don't think they put it in the original one, but I like it. So we're going to sing it again, and we're going to sing this verse with it. You're going to memorize it, and me just tell it to you. you got it. You're good at that, Michael. You can do that. The B-I-B-L-E, you got that part, right? The book that's reading me, the voice that's heard is spirit word, the B I. B L E. Sing it, church. The B I B L E. The book that's reading me. The voice that's heard is the spirit word. The B I B L E. Now the original the verse. B I B L E. The book that's reading me. The voice that's heard is the spirit word. The B I B L E. Thank you, Micah. Amen. Take a seat. No, 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 no. Actually, stand back up. The last time I asked you to stand has nothing to... Come on, stand up. Come on, one more time. Come on. Are you kidding me right now? I got to stand for three and a half more hours this morning, and y'all just want to sit down. Come on. If you ain't able to stand, we'll pray for you. The Lord may can heal you. You'll stand up, hopefully. I don't know. There you go. I ask you to stand up that time, because I wanted to gauge the room. You can go ahead and be seated. I wanted to see if you could simply respond to a request I had, which meant to stand. You know what? You did. And you know what I believe? Man, I'm simple. I believe that if you will come with the same response to God in the next few minutes, God will meet you where you are. He will change your life he will transform your life. He will heal whatever is broken in your world. How many of you know Jesus? 
Yeah, just keep your hand up for a minute. Let me look around. Let me see who's not, who don't know him yet. So you can in a little bit, right? So, um, but how many actually really know him? See, my daddy said, I know in my knower. Now, I don't know what his knower was, except for it was somewhere down here in the depths of who he was, he would know about him up here, but he would know him in here. This morning, I want to invite you on the beginning of this journey of binging the Bible to understand three simple principles that I think will be incredibly important for you as you begin to move as a go church who's actually equipped greater than you were today with this word that God has given us. Now, what I know is, is that it's awkward sometimes when you are asked to bring this one in because the electronic one's a whole lot easier. It's a less, a little bit less um, cumbersome, perhaps. Um, and you don't forget this one. Let's be honest. Let me just take a test. I'm like a college person. Let me just take a test, right? Y'all gonna take the test. I'm gonna give you the test, right? How many of you have left to go to church before, forgot your cell phone? Be honest. You, you had it, you might, well, y'all had it wrapped to your hip, right? And you turned around and went back and got it. Anybody? Or anywhere you were going, you left your phone and you went back and got it. Like you left it at a restaurant and then you're panicking. Somebody, let me borrow your phone. Let me borrow your phone. I gotta call the restaurant and tell them if my phone is there. You ever done that? How many ever forgot your Bible and just kept on driving? I, I, surely none of y'all did that because y'all go church and go church don't make those kind of mistakes. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I understand that. The reality is this. If we're not careful, then the word of God in a world of chaos becomes just one piece of the volumes on the shelf that we pull from. And what I wanna help you understand as you begin in this process of binging the Bible is we're not here to just accept the Bible as one piece of the volumes. It is the central piece of the volumes. The Bible is the truth of all truth, right? Now I'm a papa. My wife is a grandma. We've been married 34 years. We have three grandchildren. We have children too, but we have three grandchildren. The children are the parents of the grandchildren. They're important, they matter. But we have three grandchildren. Everly, Elijah, and Grant. Everly's four. Elijah, I think, is... I get it always wrong. I don't know. Three, some close to three, and Grant just turned two. What I know is this. They are my grandchildren. I love them. They love me. I pray they continue to love me. Grandkids, always love your grandparents, okay? Because they have more than your parents do, right? Um, you know, parents, thank you for what you did to us. You know why they call them grandchildren? Because they cost us a grand a month, and it's your fault. And if we got six, for some of y'all, that's six grand a month, right? We get it. We understand that. But this morning, I want to talk to you about understanding this whole value of childlike 
pursuit, and faith in the book. Now, this passage I read from you from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is very interesting to me because let's go back to it for a minute because it gives us some caution methods and it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became an adult, when I became a man, when I, be not I, but when you became a woman, what happened is you understand you put away childish things. Why did I want us to sing that song a while ago? Because I love it. Why do I love it? Because it's simple. Because it reminds me of my childhood and my innocence and my pursuit. I think every one of us would say that somewhere in our history, we've heard that song and we've sat around. We can't, I can't do it now. With my legs crossed and my arms and I'm, and I'm sitting down in an Indian position, as they would say, and, I, and I'm very comfortable in that. And I'm singing that song. Because that song has substance to it and it's important. And my mom and my daddy wanted me to know the Bible. Knowing the Bible is an intentional process. Let me give you three words that I think are important. Number one, or three terms, on purpose. You might take notes because they're not gonna be up here, but number one, I wanna talk about on purpose. Number two, I want to talk about promise. And number three, I want to talk to you this morning about power. Three approaches to binging the Bible that I think are very essential for you and I in our pursuit and relationship with God. What this 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 doesn't say to us when it tells us to leave your childish behavior the things that the world had you to do that were problematic in your faith journey, abort those and leave those alone and get rid of those behaviors. What it's not saying is remove your childlike hunger and pursuit for God. Let me kind of illustrate that for you for just a minute. So my, my, my youngest grandson, Grant, my wife, um, keeps him at home. He's a uh, wonderful little child, Everly and Elijah. Man, I'm, I'm blessed. I don't know about y'all's grandchildren. I know about mine. Well, I, they, I'm, I'm blessed. Didn't deserve it. My wife did, so I'm thankful that I was part of the term, part of the relationship. It's working out well. But my wife gets to stay home, and she, she keeps him and helps with her parents and stuff. And so the other day, I was at the house, and when I was at the house, I was working on the computer from the house because my wife had to take my uh, mother-in-law to the doctor and Grant was there and he was eating breakfast and uh, I'll never forget it as we were kind of sitting there and he was doing his thing and I'm doing mine. His uncle Ben comes in the house for a minute, about five minutes or so and Ben comes in and when Ben gets there, he runs over and he's talking to Grant. Now you gotta get this imagery for just a minute. Grant broke his two of his, not two of his legs, he broke two bones in one leg the other day and he's in a cast now from about right here all the way down to his toe, and he's kind of log logging it around. You know, he's, he's, he's doing well. He's making it. Coolest little kid. And um, he chose an American flag cast. I love it. I was, as a Marine Corvette, I am. 16 years as a chaplain with emergency services, I, I was. I'm telling you, that was, that was patriotic to me. I love that. I love this house for honoring our first responders and honoring our military. And that little boy's got that American flag cast and makes me want to snap to attention every time I get close to him. But... Uh, 
I remember I was at the house and I was working on the computer and, and, and Ben was over there and, and Grant's talking to Ben and Ben's talking to Grant and he's in between eggs and eating something, you know, and all of a sudden, Grant, he just has one of those rebellious moments and he picks his fork up and he drops it and ping, it hits the floor. I hear it and I'm like, what in the world is that? You know, and I'm like, really? So Ben reaches down, he picks the fork up and he gives it back to Grant and a couple minutes later, here goes Grant again and Grant's got that fork and he picks it up and he kind of just drops it, ping, hits the floor. Benjamin reaches over, he picks that up. He gives it to Grant and he says, let me explain something to you. I know your mom and daddy. They would not let you just drop this fork on the floor. You would be in a lot of trouble. Here's what I'm gonna do, Grant. I'm not gonna pick it up again. Don't put your fork on the floor. Grant's a smart little boy. He didn't put his fork on the floor while Ben was there. Ben left. I'm working on my computer. Here's Grant. He's eating those eggs. He's been eating those eggs for about 20 minutes. It's awesome. I don't know what he's doing with them, but they're disappearing. He's putting them in. They're cold. He's putting them eggs in. Ping! Ping! Twice. I heard it bounce. Bounced under the table. I didn't say anything. Grant didn't say anything. <laughs> All of a sudden, about 10 seconds later, 15 seconds later, Grant looks over at me and he says, this is as close of a quote as I can get, pick it up, please, Papa. I wish he had not added the Papa. That was problematic. When he said, pick it up, please, Papa, it became an issue for me because then I had to make a decision. I had a choice. I could leave it on the floor or I could pick it up. Well, I left it on the floor and I looked over at him and I said, Grant, why is your fork on the floor? Now, he's quite articulate. My wife reads about 10 books a day to him and I was expecting him to have a conversation with Papa to which he didn't say anything. He just paused. He looked at me, he contemplated, he thought it through. He, he remembered every encounter when he intentionally dropped his fork on the floor. He went through all of that in his mind. And then he looks at me and he says, just leave it there, Papa. Why don't you tell me that story, William? Because you want to brag on your grandchildren? No. I want you to understand a very important truth about scripture. If you'll own your past, God will redeem your future. But if you won't own and repent of your past, it's very difficult for God to redeem your future. Now, I could come in here and I can give you a bunch of theological terms. I don't have a problem doing that at all. And you need to know as many of that as you can know. But what you have to understand is that what God has given us in this passage in 1 Corinthians is the reality of understanding that our behavior as children, as children who don't know how and who are not behaving in appropriate ways when we become mature in our faith, we are to leave those inappropriate behaviors. But what God is also saying is never remove yourself from a childlike hunger and faith for me because I am your father and I do love you. Being on purpose means that I am going to pursue the biblical text in a desire to understand it because what God wants me to do is know it so I can teach it. 
I tell this to my students all the time at Lee University, and it's wonderful. I've been there 21 years this year, guys. I've been repeating this thing for a very long time. Learn well so you can teach well. If you don't learn well, it's impossible for you to teach well. Let me help you understand something. The time is coming, not when it's going to be on me to teach. It's going to be on you to teach. The time is coming when you have to illustrate and explain to the child-like behaviors that what you're doing is not going to help you to mature. But if you will take this book, hallelujah, if you will digest what's in this book, if you will read the words in this book and let them read you, life is transformational. For you, you know, there's some preachers in the room. I'm looking around. I see some of y'all. I see some of y'all that I know. And I, I, I want to tell you, don't try some of the stuff I've tried to do as a child when I was preaching. Not when I was 13, maybe when I was 20, because I was young and maybe I was perceived to be arrogant. And probably I was, but I took a Bible one time and I was like, you know, there's things in this book I don't like. And I, I ripped out a page. Exactly. Like you must have talked to my mama. And so... It was a bad day, man. People were like looking at me like, you weirdo. And, and, and actually, I put it down on the floor one time, and I put my foot on it, and I shoved it around like that, and I never got invited back to that church. Why did I do that? Because I wanted to illustrate something, that this is nothing more than just a bunch of ink on some leaflets and paper with an expensive piece of cowhide on the outside of it. But then I realized that was a terrible illustration, but what I also realized was this, that this, in fact, is nothing more than just a bunch of ink on a piece of paper that's leather-bound. Mine now has duct tape on it and scotch tape as of this morning. Thank you very much, Caroline, on the inside. But what it has is truth that transforms the reality of my life that is problematic and what God wants me to understand as in my intentional own purpose pursuit of the word of God brings the promises of God alive in that pursuit. You see, there's stuff in here that I don't think we really understand until we let it digest inside of us. Things like, how in the world am I supposed to forgive those who persecute me? How in the world am I supposed to forgive those multiple times who persecute me? How in the world am I supposed to love those that I perceive to be unlovable? How in the world am I supposed to know when I should and when I should not? My mom and dad were wonderful people. They told me what I need to do, and what I need to do is to know Jesus, and then they told me a whole long list of things that I didn't need to do because those things I didn't need to do was the things that would remove me from getting to know Jesus. This morning, church, in your pursuit of understanding the Scripture and understanding and digesting over the next three weeks, what does it mean to know this book? It's not just so you can become what I call spiritually obese. There's a problem with obesity is this. You have excess, but you've lost your mobility. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about in a spiritual sense this morning. Forgive me for drinking water and you not, but if you got one close, go ahead. I saw y'all with some coffee cups when you came in, but, but here's the deal. If we're not careful, we get so much stuff in. By the way, it's not kind of... It's not an osmotic or osmosis kind of activity. Oh, let me have it, Lord. Pour it in, pour it in, pour it in, pour it in, pour it in. Pour it in. How childish is that? Oh, but something happens when you read one verse 
and you can't leave that verse. And something happens when you read another verse and you got to back up to that previous verse before you can really understand that next verse. And then you find yourself about an hour and a half later and you've only read about three verses. But what's happened in those three verses is something on the inside has begun to align up with the superior creator, the almighty living God, Jehovah, Jireh. And all of a sudden, everything on the inside begins to line up on the outside. Be on purpose in your pursuit and in your faith. There's another passage of scripture that's kind of interesting to me, and let's go to it. Luke chapter 18. I think that's it. Luke chapter 18. Let me read verse 16 for us today. But Jesus called them and him, and he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. The interesting thing is, is what God wants us to recognize is, is he brings us to a place in our faith and in our life where we must be like little children when we come to him because he is our father and in doing so, we can receive him as our father. He protected the encounters with children because he knew that the innocence of the faith of a child was transformational. Let's go to Matthew chapter 18. I love this passage, Matthew chapter 18, verse 13. And if you should find it, assuredly I say unto you, is that right? He rejoices more over the sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. What God wants us to understand is that he loves us even though we have left him and went to a place that we shouldn't be, he will meet us where we are and bring us back to where we should be. B, I want to share a story with you that I haven't shared yet publicly, and I got permission this morning from the student to do this because I think you need to understand what's happening. In the world in which we're living in, the world is offering so much distractions to truth, but truth is being pursued by so many people who can identify the distraction. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. A lot of times, we don't understand truth, but we know the counterfeit. This generation, there's some younger folks in this room that I saw in the earlier services or the other gathering this morning, but, but you guys don't like the counterfeit. You're done with it. You want to know the real, but here's what I want you to understand. Getting to know the real is not something that you can do from external or from a distance, you've got to get relationally set in the presence. When you get in the presence of God, then the presence of God changes the presence in which you're in. Let me repeat that. When you get into the presence of God, then the presence of God changes the presence in which you're in. I teach a class, and every year at the end of this class, we do an exit interview with these students, and I met in November with a student in that class, and as I was meeting with him, I shared with him some questions that I had, and my questions were kind of general in sense, but I had read his story in his autobiography, and this particular student, he didn't have a public profession of faith. Yes, he was at Lee University. Yes, he was a student at Lee University, but he didn't have a public profession. 
He knew of God. His family kind of raised him with this context of God, but they weren't faithful in church. They didn't attend church. They didn't really go, and he wasn't kind of raised up in that environment, but in that class, and during those few months in the class, he and I had some encounters and exchanges, and on that last day, I introduced him to something called a soap journal, and I'm not the guy who wrote the context of the soap journal, but it basically takes SOAP as an acronym, and Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And I pulled out a little binder notebook from my desk and I slid it across the counter and I called his name and I asked him to open it up and he opened it up and I said, hey man, what I want you to do is I want you to every day do a soap journal on your journey with Jesus. I did not say to him, you hell-bound sinner, give your heart to God right now. You're at a Christian university. I said, I want you to take, do you have a Bible? He said, yeah, I have a Bible. I said, is it with you? He said, it's somewhere. My mom, you know, I know my mom, but I packed it. I brought it here. It's somewhere. He had a Bible in his room somewhere. I don't know. And I said, every day, I want you to get your Bible out, and I want you to actually take that, and I want you to do a soap journal. I said, do me a favor. Take my cell phone number down, and he took his cell phone number down, and I told him, I said, what I want you to do now is I want you to, uh, every time you do that, I want you to open up that phone and I want you to text me a green check mark. Now, you can't see it, but I'm doing it just for reality here. Actually, you can see it on the screen. If you kind of zoom in on the screen, you can see that. And what I want you to check right here, you see all those green check marks on the screen? Just watch this. Watch this now. See the green check marks? Watch this. Watch this. Just green check marks, green check marks. Why in the world, William, are you showing me green check marks on your phone? Because I want you to understand something today, go church. There are people I'll never meet that you will. There are people you may only meet one time. And if we're too busy binging on the stuff of our old man, we will miss the opportunity to take on the appetite of the new. And if we miss the opportunity to share the truth of the word out of an experience with the word, not a knowledge of, but an experience with, then we're going to miss what God's wanting to do in our lives. And this student, just even yesterday, sent me a green check mark. He is a star athlete who has a professional future. And this kid, he and I are in an agreement for the rest of his life. And someday I'm going to see him in his particular sport on the world stage. And when I do, I know I'm going to get a green check mark from this kid the day before he gets out there on that field to play that game. You know why? Because he is encountering the word of God for himself. Amen. What in the world, William? Be on purpose. There's promises in the book, and it's met with power. He came back to me a while back, and he said, you got another one of those books? I said, yeah, man. He said, can I have one for my friend? I saw him just a couple of days ago on campus, and I said, How'd you check marks with your friend? Well, I got two now. So he has two friends, John, that he gets check marks from. You see, the multiplication of God blows the mind of humanity. Come on, Joseph. The multiplication of God blows the mind of humanity. And what God can do 
is greater than what we can even think or dream. There'll be a day that I'm gone, but there'll be a day that this kid is going to have check mark after check mark after check mark after check mark. I was speaking in the Lee Chapel the other day, and my wife was at home, and her and Grant were in his bedroom, and like, I don't know what was going, what he was doing. She was just in there and had the phone in there and was laying on the bed and was watching the phone where I was speaking. And uh, she said that she walked out of the room. And when she left the room, as she was walking back into the room and Grant was laying on the bed and he was watching my, his, 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 his grandma's phone as I was speaking in the Lee Chapel. And she said, as she walked back in the room, she heard me say, let's pray. She said, when I said, let's pray, she said, Grant, who was laying on the bed, watching the phone, rolled over on his belly with the phone in front of him, put his hands in this position, and he watched and listened to his papa pray. And when he did, she said, after every sentence that I said, Grant said, yes. 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 He's two. But you know what the promise is of him knowing that at two? It won't leave him when he's 22. He may not acknowledge it, but it won't leave him. It won't leave him when he's 62. It won't leave him when he's 82. And it won't leave him when he's 102. Because the Father in heaven will remind him that if you will come to me as a child, I will meet you where you are and I will pour in you my power and my presence and my deliverance and my grace and my hope. I got a text the other day from my other daughter-in-law, Megan. Text a video of Elijah and Everly and Everly was praying for Papa. Say, William, what are you musing about your grandchildren for? Because in the next three weeks, you're going to come into this building with your children, your grandchildren, possibly your great-grandchildren, and you're going to come multi-generations together in this room. And when you do, let me invite you to do this. Don't come in here with all knowledge of knowing what you think you know about Scripture Come in here with an incredible hunger that says, God, I just want to know the God of the Scripture. Don't you love this man that was here this morning? Man, what a wonderful house. What a great sound of worship. Don't you love it? I love it. But, 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 but yeah, go ahead. But, 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 but here's the deal. It's all got to line up with the book. If it lines up with the book, then it really does make a difference. Will you stand with me in this room? <laughs> I want you just to take a minute quietly. Just listen as Joseph plays a medley. And let the reminder of your childhood faith come across the memory of your mind. 
to ask you this morning. Maybe you don't have a good childhood memory of your faith. Maybe you have a horrible childhood memory. But the Father is here today, even in your condition of life where you are. And he loves you, and he cares for you, and he wants to redeem your life. Not for your own gain, but for his good and his kingdom work. Go church, let me ask you three questions this morning. Maybe you know him. What a, what a, what a powerful, powerful front end on the historical Christians needing a reminder in the immediate. Maybe you've known God for a long time, but today you're like, man, I gotta, I gotta go dust mine off at the house, and I gotta bring one with me in the in the tangible form in which I can hold so that if the internet goes down, I'm not disappointed. Maybe you're here this morning and you knew Jesus at some point in your life and you left him. Nobody even knows you left him. Yet, if you don't come back to him, they're going to know you left him. If you come back to him, he'll redeem you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never made a profession of faith. But you're willing to say, I'll get down lower than my own self, deep down to where I will bow in your presence, Lord, in my heart, and say, in the words of Grant, yes, 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 yes. Go church, if you wanna renew your faith in him or make that first profession of faith, Will you lift your hands with me all across this room? Will you pray a simple prayer? Dear Father, and I want to hear you out loud. Dear Father, everybody in the room, if you want to renew your faith or if you want to first time profess it, but I'd like for everybody to pray this with me, please. Dear Father, I come to you today. I need your word. I want you in me alive. Thank you for giving your son Jesus to die on a cross, to wash me, to cleanse me, to deliver me from myself. Jesus, I come to you. Thank you for staying on the cross, for giving your life for me. Forgive me, Jesus. Wash me. Cleanse me. Free me today. Holy Spirit, I cannot live without you. It makes no sense to try. Today, I give myself in obedience to you. Use me, Holy Spirit, to reflect Jesus to this world in chaos. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, Go Church.